Welcome to the Expat Cast. I'm your host, Nicole Palazzo, and today we sit down with a repeat guest. You may remember her from episode three when she came to talk to us about teaching English abroad, Miss Ashley Mateus or Mrs. Ashley Mateos, and in fact, mama-to-be Ashley Mateos. So Ashley came back to the expat cast studios and sat down for another interview when she was eight months pregnant. So this was in August, and we were in the middle of a heat wave. It was over 35 for days on end. It was so humid and muggy. There was no rain. There was no break. Even at nighttime, it was just miserable. So anyway, conditions were not great. But (laughs) Ashley was kind enough to put that aside and come talk to us about her experience being pregnant in Germany. We talk about her own personal experience with it. This is, you know, her first pregnancy, so it's a lot to learn. And then also, of course, it's in Germany. (laughs) So we talk also about the cultural differences going through preparing for a child in a foreign country and then specifically what the procedures are like in Germany. So things like how long is the hospital stay? What is maternity leave like? And how important is a midwife? Things like this. So I'm also going to be linking to a ton of great articles in the show notes. So if you're interested more in the procedural aspect, you can go ahead and check that out. So we are releasing this episode specifically during this first week of September because it is now Ashley's due date. So I'll give you guys a quick update about how she and baby are doing at the end, and I won't drag out the suspense any further. So let's go ahead and hear from Ashley. My name is Ashley, and I live here in Freiburg, Germany. I am from Maine. You were on the podcast before, and you talked to us about teaching abroad. You brought someone with you this time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) You want to tell us about our our other guest? (laughs) Uh, Our our other guest is probably listening in right now. However, uh, he's not one for talking yet because he is in utero. (laughs) (laughs) You're pregnant. Yes, I'm pregnant. Very much so. Very pregnant now. (laughs) Eight months? Uh, Yep. Yeah, I still have about five more weeks. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, officially today. Today is week 35, so five more weeks. So over this process of you growing a child, <laughs> mm-hmm. my favorite thing about this, well, there's many favorite things, but one of my favorite things is you have this app that tells you like what size <laughs> the baby is compared to different like objects. Pretty much completely random objects. Yeah. <laughs> so are you up to, is, does week 35 mean you're at a new object? Yes, it does. However, I haven't checked today. Oh. So as of last week, week 34 was basketball hoop. Yeah. And I don't I don't know how that's even possible. That just seems entirely too round to, yeah. to fit inside of me. The shape of it has definitely been not very accurate because we, yeah, it, it shape shifted from like a Jansport backpack, which is huge, mm. to a loaf of bread, which I would argue is smaller, also yeah. a totally different shape. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I remember a while back it said a a bike helmet yes. and we actually stood you beside a friend of ours who <laughs> held up a, someone else's bike helmet and we compared and I, it I, seemed entirely too big i think at one point it was also like the size of an xbox <laughs> barbie doll yeah. towards the beginning it was easier to comprehend because it was like blueberry size raspberry size oh yeah sure it's just like this little tiny edible <laughs> <laughs> yeah and now a basketball hoop is inside of me great yeah. mm-hmm. and um you're you, you've shared that it's a boy yeah but you're not sharing the name. No. 
Okay. So I've taken to calling the baby Appleseed because your name is Ashley. Your husband's name is Alex. Mm -hmm. Clearly the the baby has to be an A name. Clearly. And somehow we landed on Appleseed. So if you're good with it for the duration of this episode, we'll we'll keep up with the Appleseed. Sure. That works for me. So (laughs) how are you and how is baby Appleseed? Baby Appleseed is healthy. He's not necessarily very cooperative whenever (laughs) we go to our appointments, whenever they try to attach some sort of beepy thing to me or anything with electricity, I think, moves out of the way. He doesn't let them take measurements the way that they should. But according to our gynecologist, he's a musta baby. So he's like picture perfect size and everything. So he's nice and healthy and happy. I'm doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, yeah. I, I guess I'm technically also healthy right now. Maybe you can tell from my voice that I have a little bit of a, a throat problem right now. But overall, I've actually had a really smooth pregnancy, I guess. I, I like to say that uh, physically everything's been going really well, actually, aside from just cramps, uh, bloating. At the beginning, I had terrible, terrible nausea, but fortunately, no morning sickness or any sort of sickness. So in general, I've been very, very healthy. And I think that it's taken more of a toll on my on my mental state <laughs> <laughs> yeah, than it has on my physical state. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of an adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I have a lot of questions about <laughs> All right, go about for it. pregnancy, motherhood to be. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Okay, so you've you've never given birth or been pregnant in America, no. yeah. So no. <laughs> you can't make direct comparisons. But tell me how it's been here. I mean, the one thing that I've always heard from mothers is that in the states, your records belong to the hospital or the doctor, mm-hmm. right? They keep track of it, and then here you get like a booklet. Yeah, this is my first pregnancy. I'm not too sure how it works in the States nowadays. Yeah, maybe with the record, sure, you have what's called a, a muto pass that I have here with me in my purse that I'm supposed to have with me no matter where I am. So that way, if anything happens to me, if I all of a sudden go into to labor, uh, then wherever I am, I have this and it shows that, okay, I've had these blood tests taken, what's positive, what's negative, the state that the baby was in last visit. They're they're able to look at this and then right away know if there's anything that they need to be aware of. And I guess even if, for example, I went to Switzerland for the day and I happened to go into labor, then I would be able to pull this out and they would see, okay, she has thyroid problems, but the baby is healthy or the platelet level is such and such, uh, but everything's fine. It's cute too, actually. Yeah, I got to pick the cover. Did you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they they even stapled one of the, because we have a a Musta baby, uh, they they stapled one of the ultrasounds in it as well when he was in the gummy bear. stage is what because he was basically the size of a gummy bear and looks kind of like that too oh that's crazy the little blob with the nubs he looks like he's got little bear ears yeah somehow i don't know what part of the body that is but that's so funny hopefully those go away he doesn't doesn't need to have bear ears and the doctor's appointments how have they been are the doctors nice before i got pregnant i had switched my gynecologist because uh, when i first moved to germany i had private health insurance because i was freelance and through that i had a gynecologist that i really liked but then once i got a full-time job public health insurance i I couldn't be with her anymore because she only accepted private clients so then i had to find another gynecologist and from what i've heard from all my, my friends here as well is that it's really difficult to first of all find a gynecologist that is taking new people and then to find a, a good one, one that you, you that you like, that you feel comfortable with. 
so I, I was at some clinic for a while and every time that I went in there, I saw a different doctor and I didn't like that. And then I asked my general practitioner if she had any recommendations because I just wasn't happy with my gynecologist or my gynecological experience. And then she she recommended a, a doctor, I guess, that was also in the same network as her. And I went to her. Unfortunately, she wasn't taking on patients. However, a doctor that practiced through her practice was taking patients. And so I met up with her. This was even pre-deciding on having a baby, just to have a new nice gynecologist. And uh, I really liked her. She has a nice face. <laughs> yeah. You know, just some people just emanate that like nice feeling and you feel comfortable with them. And I, yeah, so I, I like her a lot. So going through pregnancy, there really isn't, I don't have then a separate OBGYN. It, it's just my doctor's appointments are with my gynecologist. And then since I do have uh, some problems with my thyroids, I need to go to what they call a nuclear praxis. I don't even know what it would be in English. It's whoever you go to that checks on your thyroids. Okay. Huh. <laughs> and I also have, I, I, I had to go to them uh, once a month, basically, just to check my levels. They had to adjust my medication a lot, back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> I think really aside from that, those are the only doctor's appointments that I've... And then, of course, you have to find yourself a midwife. That's something that's really important and a huge challenge here. Do you have to have a midwife, like that term specifically? or They call it a, a hebama, which is a, a midwife. You don't have to have one. However, your gynecologist isn't going to be the one in the delivery room with you. They're also not going to be the one. Uh, so in Germany, they have a system set up for after birth. A midwife will actually come to your house and help you. So if you're having problems with breastfeeding, if uh, there are problems with the baby, if uh, you're having troubles cleaning the belly button, then they're there to to help you with that for a nutritional guide for, for you and for the baby as well. And that's not something that anybody else is going to do except for a midwife. So you don't have to have one. However, if you don't have one, hopefully you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also nice to have the extra help too, because, and I think that's one of the big differences that I've heard between the States and, and Germany is that, well, especially with my mom, me, my brother, my sister were all born in military hospitals. And with that, they kind of get you in and out right away. And in, in the States, I think that's also the case. If everything's fine and healthy, then okay, you have the baby, maybe you stay a night or two, and then off you go. Uh, also because you're paying for it out of pocket usually. Well, I guess that's changing now or maybe not. It's confusing. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh. That's, that's, that's another, another topic, I guess. <laughs> but here in, in Germany, you typically stay... I don't know, maybe on average five days in, in the hospital, so almost a week. If there are complications, then they want to keep you there longer. But the hospital that I plan on going to, they were telling us how you stay in the hospital for a couple of days after birth, and you don't have to stay. However, they really encourage it because that's when not only are you learning from the nurses how to care for your baby, but it's also time for you just to relax uh, before going home into whatever chaos is there. The hospital that we're going to also does things like father-baby massage. So that way the father Aww. gets to have some bonding as well. Alex, my, my husband, is really looking forward to his baby massage time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
do you so you've gone to this hospital beforehand and met with them and then the person who's gonna help with the birth is some other doctor but you will also have this midwife here is that correct Kind of. So there are three main hospitals here in Freiburg, and we ended up choosing the one that's just closest to us. Yeah. <laughs> but also because they were recommended by my doctor as well as my gynecologist. We went to a couple of their info evenings, and they do a lot of that too, and it's free. You just go in there. There's one evening where taking care of your newborn child or dealing with postpartum depression. or And so they, they have these things, and they also have groups set up for after you give birth, where you can actually go and meet up. It's like a little mama's cafe, and you go there. And again, it's a it's just a free service. A midwife will meet with the group as well, so if anybody's having issues, you'll be able to talk with them. So that's kind of how we chose the hospital and decided on that. And then as far as the doctor that's going to be there when I give birth, I don't think that I'll know them or meet them ahead of time. My midwife is through the same hospital, And it's really difficult to find a midwife right now. Uh, We're in a bit of a baby boom right now. Really? For one thing, yeah. It was in the newspaper, what, last week? And I I looked at it and I was reading, I was like, yep, I'm part of the problem. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, So yeah, there's a baby boom right now, especially in this region of Germany. And then to top it off, midwifery is a profession here. It's something that the health insurance pays for, so it goes then through the government as well. However, there have been significant cutbacks for that. And so midwives aren't getting as much money from the health insurance or what's happening. So a lot of them are trying to go private, but they can't really go private because they can't sustain themselves because if you have a private midwife, then you're paying out of pocket for them. And, you know, if it's not going through your health insurance, then so it's kind of a, a catch-22, I guess. It's kind of good to hear that there is a baby boom happening, like in, specifically in this area, because when I first moved to Freiburg, I was like, I have never seen more super pregnant ladies <laughs> in my life than here. Or like women with small children who... Who look really young. I, I just was very overwhelmed by it. And they're all sort of really badass too. <laughs> they're like, you know, they're out there living their life and, and pushing around these baby strollers or biking with, you know, the Kinderwagen, like the oh, little, yeah. I don't know, children cart <laughs> things uh-huh. on their bikes. I see a lot of them, like the doors on the tram are closing and they just like get their stroller in there to Shove keep it, it open. right in the door. Yeah. yeah they <laughs> managed to like haul it up the stairs onto the tram. It's super impressive. But also I was like very terrified. I was like, how is everyone pregnant? Like, <laughs> this is normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. it is a thing. It's mm-hmm. not just my imagination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's, it's not, it's not normal. So baby boom plus midwife decline. Mm, very, good. very tricky to find someone. And so we finally found someone. However, usually when you find a midwife, they help you through the pregnancy process as well. And then they're there for after birth. Whereas for me, it was more important to have somebody there after birth. I I thought that, well, if I have problems or issues during pregnancy, I'll just go and see my, my doctor and hopefully they can help me with that. My midwife may or may not be there when I give birth. But other than that, I met her once at the end of July and then she's away on vacation right now and when she comes back it's basically the same time that little apple seed is supposed to be <laughs> here yeah. is she like theoretically if she were around more pre-birth and you were having a hard time like coming to terms mentally with this would the midwife be someone who would help you with that yeah I, I think some of them do that 
different midwives have different specialties. So some of them specialize in pregnancy shiatsu or belly massage, acupuncture, uh, and yeah, also psychological issues as well. From what I've heard as well is that midwives will give you a lot of really good advice. And I guess some are pushier than others with what you, um, what they say, oh, well, you know, this is the right way to do it. This is how you need to do it. And others will say, well, yeah, you can do it like that, or you can do it like this. I find the best way is this, but you're the mom. It's your decision. And I think that's what I would prefer as well. So I think it it would be nice if, because I guess what in, in the States, a lot of people will have midwives or doulas that they find on their own. They probably pay for on their own as well. And I'm not too sure how that, how that works. However, they're there for the whole process and they're there for the birth as well. Whereas here, that's not necessarily the case. For me, I don't really care. I, I, I personally feel it's going to be a terrifying experience no matter what. It doesn't matter <laughs> what familiar face is in there. It's just going to be, hey, get, get. Get him out and uh, <laughs> yeah, let's as fast as possible. You're all professionals. Let's do this. <laughs> Have you and Alex decide? Like, is he going to be there with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, and That's he'll good. he'll be the the only person. My mom's flying over to uh, just be here and and help, so she'll probably be in the building when when the birth happens. But I I already told Alex that he's the only person that I want to have actually in the the room with me. So another thing that there have been a lot of cultural differences that I've been realizing through like, you know, sort of seeing you go through an entire pregnancy. So for one, first off, you're five weeks out from giving birth and you're no longer working. Uh I literally didn't think that was true when I first heard it (laughs) so I like I think I mentioned to Gordon my boyfriend I was like oh yeah you know Ashley's um, gonna have a baby in September and he was like okay so when's she going on maternity leave and I was like what when she has the baby I don't know (laughs) obviously I got really like I don't know I got somehow like sassy about it no he was like no I mean she's not just gonna go right when she's like giving birth and I, I I yeah, so here you leave what six, seven weeks? Yeah, out? it's actually mandatory. So if you're if you're pregnant, six weeks before the expected due date is when your maternity leave begins, and then it continues for eight weeks after the actual delivery date. It's full pay as well. Your maternity leave is going to be longer. So is that just through your specific employer, or um, like what determines that? There are a couple of different things at play here. So you have. The first bit, that's the six weeks and then eight weeks, that's what they call Mutterschutz. And so that is the first part of maternity leave. After that, you have Elternzeit, and that's parental leave, technically. And that's time that the mom can take or the dad can take or both. Usually you split it up between the two of you. And that can go, I don't know if it's up to two or three years, actually. Oh. Yeah. However, with that... uh, it's uh, it's not the same as with the Mutterschutz, with the first part of maternity leave. First part of maternity leave, you get your full pay. But then when you go into Elternzeit, you're going to get uh, Elterngeld. So uh, it's only a portion of your, your salary. So during this parental leave then time, you get, I think it's 65% of your salary. However, in my situation, I work for a company that has less than 10 full-time employees. And in that case, you have to work out some sort of agreement with them. So for example, I'm coming back 
part-time once the baby is six months old. However, that's not something that they have to grant me because it's a small company. If it were a bigger company, then yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a problem at all. But this is something that we had to negotiate a, a little bit and it, it ended up working out really well. And is Alex then going to take time like, have you, how do you strategize that? Because he also gets Elton's side, he, so he doesn't get Mutashitz. Of course, he's not a mother. Right. Um, but he is a parent, or will, mm-hmm. is, will be. Will be? Will be, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll wait until he's hatched. Yeah. To, to call ourselves parents. Yeah. We have to share this parental leave as well as the parental money. Elterngeld and Elterngeld Plus, which is a new form. And so you have... Like parental leave money and parental leave money plus. (laughs) And with that, so with the plus version, you can receive money for basically the entirety of your parental leave. However, it's less money. It's less of a percentage. Whereas with the parental money, you only get 12 months or 14 months if you have like a, a partner that's doing it with you. And so in my case, since I'm married, I clearly have a partner, mm. we would get the 14 months of the money. I, I really hope that I'm explaining this correctly. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, we're not holding you in a court of law or I'm something. Sure somebody's <laughs> going to hear this who knows better. and They're going to say, nope, nope, that's wrong. That's wrong. Or, and so, people can. People can always correct if anything's false, but this is from your personal experience, what you've yeah. learned. It's, yeah. it's actually really, really confusing yeah. because the the parental leave overlaps with the maternity leave. And so those first eight weeks after the kid has been born, yeah, I'm still on Mutterschutz. However, so I'm still on that first part of maternity leave. However, the parental leave starts as soon as the kid is born. Okay. And so even though it's 14 months, there's this two-month overlap. Huh. And I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, this is so much more time than people get in America. Oh, my but goodness, it sounds yeah. like I'm like, sure, fine, take two months off. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, even just just the Mutterschutz, um, just the original yeah. first part of maternity leave that you get, that's way more than you're going to get anywhere in the States, I think. I mean, of course, you could take that time. I don't think that you're going to get full pay from that. If you do, hey, you work for a great company. <laughs> Stay there. Yeah. Stay there. But then it also took a long time for me to get used to the idea that I'm going to have a baby. That's, you know, one thing that I need to wrap my head around. But I also get to leave work, get paid, and then come back to that same job. It's going to be there for me. Yeah. And and so that's just yeah. <laughs> because in, I feel like in, in the States, you don't have that job security necessarily. Yeah, of course, there are plenty of companies that will do that, that will say, okay, you're going on maternity leave for a year or so. We'll find a temp and then you can come back. But not all places will do that for no. you. And yeah. a lot of them, they, if, if they have two or three weeks maternity leave, you then have to take all of your vacation days. Right. Or, you know, I worked for a company where someone went to talk to their supervisor and say, hey, I noticed there's not a maternity leave policy in my contract. What's the what's the policy? And they were like, oh, we don't have one. Don't get pregnant. And she was like, well, I'm planning on having a family at some point. And they were like, well, not here. And she had to find another job. Wow. So, And that's just the reality of, I mean, not everywhere, but it is in some places. So is the money then like this, like Elton Geld and all this stuff, is this from the companies or is this from the government? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I feel like the, the Mutterschutz part, a portion is from the company and then a portion is from the health insurance. And then with the Elterngeld, so the parental money that you get thereafter, 
I, I still feel like the company's still paying a portion of it, and then also health insurance would government basically. Right. Yeah. Interesting. And you can also, during that parental leave time, you can work part-time if you want to. But like I said, everybody's required to take those six weeks before, eight weeks after. You could go right back to work thereafter if you wanted to. In my case, I decided to wait until six months, then come back part-time. And then I'll be back full-time when the baby is a year and three months. I also was just like confused when I first heard about this like six weeks pre-baby like I don't I was wondering if that's maybe because they you don't know when the baby is really going to be born you can have a due date but you don't really know and maybe the six weeks is like just in case it comes early I mean it's fantastic time to mentally prepare and prepare your home yeah all of that but I like I just was also like just mind blown and I like you are allowed to just relax and enjoy your time as a human like that's yeah that's acceptable which I, is cool <laughs> <laughs> i think it, it's it's really great having the those weeks before the baby arrives i mean hopefully you get all of that time before the baby arrives there are some people a friend of mine had a her kid maybe 10 days early and so she didn't get all of those mm-hmm. six weeks i guess the the idea is that yeah you're getting closer to your due date it's important to be able to have time to take care of yourself and relax so that hopefully Uh, So if the body is relaxed, if the mind is relaxed, that the baby will be able to continue to develop as it needs to, to then have a healthy birth on its predicted birth date. And you're you're doing also um, prenatal yoga, is that what it's called? (laughs) Badass. I call it my pregnant lady yoga. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the the health insurance will pay for, I think it's 70% of the the class fee, which is which is great. So it's really really cheap yoga then for me. And it's kind of the only birthing course that I've taken. Of course there there are a couple of different things that you can do, but I thought yoga would be good because it's good to stay limber and stretched and also center yourself and calm yourself another thing that made me laugh so you had your going away party before your maternity leave started this was at work and and people couldn't find like a baby shower card or like a you know it was just like a congratulations card so that made me realize also there aren't really um baby showers here yeah it's not it's not a german thing i I feel like some people are starting to do it. It's starting to catch on just like with bachelorette parties. And it's something where if you say that you're having a baby shower, like, wait, what is... <laughs> you're bathing with your child? Or what's going on here? But also the... It never occurred to me how weird that phrasing yeah, is. right? A baby yeah. shower. Like just babies falling from the sky, it's maybe. raining all over you. Yeah. Uh. But I, I think the biggest cultural difference is that with a baby shower, you're kind of celebrating before the baby arrives. And in Germany, people don't celebrate before whatever it is has happened. And so if there's any sort of party, it happens afterwards. And usually just like the typical German thing, you'll have coffee and cake. So in the States, the baby shower is to get all of the things that you'll need to have a baby. And the months leading up to it, you're, you're like preparing the nursery. You're painting a whole new room in your house, buying all this furniture. And I mean, maybe you're extra minimalist as a person or something, but you like really haven't done much of that. You said you bought a couple things that seem like absolute necessities, but that's a huge difference too. I, I would not consider myself a minimalist. So what are the things that you have bought in preparation for this child? I bought a stroller, one that uh, converts from the little bassinet thing to when they're bigger and they can actually sit up, mm. and a changing mat. 
one for the top of our washing machine that has the little edges that come up so they don't roll off, I guess. Uh, and then a travel changing mat. Some onesies. Well, I guess those are gifts. Yeah, no, we haven't bought any clothing at all. <gasps> it's the baby apple seed is the first grandchild, first great grandchild in my family. And it's the first boy in Alex's family. Uh, so there have been plenty of gifts coming our way. So we basically, we have not bought any clothing at all. I think I bought like one little teething ring just because I thought it was cute. Also, people have given us blankets, spit up rags, uh, diapers. I guess it's also because of the size of the apartment. Like you live in a one bedroom yeah, apartment. That's true. Right. So it's keeping the baby clutter away, I think. And, and it's also one of those things where we'll look at, something or we we even went to the store called baby one where they have tons of baby stuff and we thought okay we'll look at that yeah that's cute that's cute yeah that could be useful but do we really need it (laughs) so for example you can get a bottle warmer and that's one of those things where yeah okay it'll regulate the temperature but you can also do that on the stove with a hot pot of water do we really need it bath thermometer do you really need a bath thermometer Mm -hmm. (laughs) no and then the the other big thing that we would have had to buy would have been a, a bed. However, Alex's mom still had the crib that his uncle made for him when he Whoa. was a baby. It can rock or you can put a little peg in it and it'll stop it from rocking. It's beautiful. That's so cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's really it. That's just blown me away here is how little people are like really that worried about things like that. Mm-hmm. Um well, Alex was saying the other day, too, that, well, I don't get the whole nursery concept. Why do you need to paint the walls? Why do you need, you know, to <laughs> hang a, a picture or something? It's like, it's a baby. He's not going to, <laughs> he's not going to notice these things. Like, yeah, but you're creating an atmosphere and it's a sweet little, he says, I, I just don't see the point. I think it's the waste, a waste of a room. <laughs> Are there other things that you think people should know? Yes, uh, there is. Uh, something that a lot of my American friends have been asking me as soon as they found out that I was having a boy. And the big question was, okay, have you had the to circumcise or not to circumcise talk? And, And I said, well, no, we haven't had that talk because in Europe, if it's not medically necessary and if it's not part of your religion, I guess, they just don't do it. So I think that's something that a lot of people probably don't know or realize. I think as far as the uh, mommy wars or maybe mommy know-it-alls, there's still plenty of that Mm. here. I think no matter where you are, if you're pregnant or if you're a new mom, people give you advice whether you want it or not. And of course, they know exactly what it is that, that your child needs and they'll tell you that and they'll give you the sideways looks yeah Yeah. there was actually just a book that came out recently and i read that was about um an american family who had come to berlin and had one child when they came over and and then had another while they were here and the book was about her experience parenting in berlin versus um, where she was from i think in the bay area or something like this i thought it was really fascinating just about the cultural differences and the different approaches um and i mentioned it to you and you're like no i'm avoiding all of that (laughs) because it's all you know you don't want to get too in your head before people have given me books and things to read or they suggested things or blogs and this and that and really the only information source that I have or sources I guess that I have would be my doctors and then the little pregnancy app that I have just gives me (laughs) little tidbits of information once a week and 
that's plenty for me. If it gives me a little bit of information where I think, hey, I'd like to know more about that, then I'll do a little bit of research on my own. But I'm not getting into any sort of books or learning about pregnancy rituals or these other things. Well, a friend of mine in the States recommended a book to me, which, like I said before, I've been avoiding books and any other random source of, of knowledge. However, she sent uh, pics of a couple of pages of it. And just reading it, I thought, okay, this actually looks pretty funny and informative. And so <laughs> it, it's called the, the Shit No One Tells You. And I guess it's actually a series. And it's by Dawn Days. D-A-I-S is her last name. And it's just called The Shit No One Tells You. The one that I have is a guide to surviving your first year. But I think it has a lot of useful information for people that are about to give birth. And it talks, she talks a lot about stuff that people don't generally talk about, such as birth horror stories and recovery times and all of that messy funness. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. And there are cartoons too. I think it's it's a realistic, dark sort of humor that I that appeals to me. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Any final tidbits of knowledge that you want to drop before we round over to Zack Zack Zack? Just that Probably no matter what you're you're feeling, if you're a pregnant lady out there, that it's it's normal and, and you're okay. However, if it's if it's very painful or maybe if something is green that's coming out of you, go to your doctor. Go to your doctor <laughs> right away. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's kind of that, that, that's 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 been the advice that I've given to myself actually <laughs> going throughout this. Yeah. Solid okay. So now we're going to go to the ending segment, Zack, Zack, Zack. I'm going to ask you three questions. It's a rapid fire round. Just answer, try not to think or overthink your answers. Okay. Ready? Yes. So you're not sharing the baby name with anyone. Will you give us one name that the baby is definitely not named? The baby is definitely not named Brumhilda. That's a girl's name, though. So I, okay, guess, that's I fine. guess that's obvious. <laughs> that answers the question and still avoids knocking anything out of the running. <laughs> What is one TV show or movie that you will definitely be watching while you're on maternity leave? I'll probably do some Glee binge watching. What is one pregnancy craving that you've been having food-wise? I mean, I've been eating a lot of ice cream. It hasn't really been a craving, though. I think it's more so just that it's cold, and I like it, and I like the excuse that I get a lot of calcium. I actually haven't had any weird pregnancy cravings. I think at the beginning, for some reason, I really wanted grapes, but that has since passed. <laughs> Now I feel more like cantaloupe. I don't know. Well, the baby's growing. It's not a grape anymore. <laughs> it's it's also not a cantaloupe. cantaloupe <laughs> it's, a, it's a basketball. How many cantaloupes can you fit in a basketball hoop? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, awesome. Those were good. You okay. did good. Good Yay. suck, suck, suck. Thank you for coming on and telling us all about pregnancy. <laughs> Thank you for having me. As promising, I do have a quick update. So, Ashley is officially a mama. Her baby was born on September 3rd, and as she described it, he's got a big old mop, brown hair, and blue eyes. She sent me the cutest picture of the two cuddled up sleeping, little baby Appleseed holding your finger. <laughs> they are a happy, healthy little family. Thanks again, Ashley, for taking the time to come talk to us in the middle of a heat wave. <laughs> Thank you, as always, to my partner in podcasting and in life, Gordon Eisenach, who is the producer for the Expat Cast. Thank you to Amy Lunky Art for the logo and Sidehug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram at a hug from the side and you can also find us on instagram at the expat cats we're also on facebook
Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. And go ahead and hit subscribe. Please rate and review us. It helps a ton making sure that the content that we put out gets connected to the people who need it most. Next week, we carry on the family theme and figure out what it's like for a family with four young kids to do a year abroad. Until then, Palazzo out. Thank you.